Welcome to the BreastCancer.org podcast, the award-winning podcast that brings you the latest information on breast cancer research, treatments, side effects, and survivorship issues through expert interviews, as well as personal stories from people affected by breast cancer. Here's your host, BreastCancer.org Senior Editor, Jamie DiPolo. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. Dr. Deanna Atai is Associate Clinical Professor of Surgery at the David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA. Dr. Atai was an early adopter of social media for professional and patient education. She serves as the social media editor for the Journal of Oncology Practice and is a member of the Annals of Surgical Oncology Editorial Board. She is a member of the American Society of Clinical Oncology Social Media Working Group and co-chair of the Collaborative for Outcomes in Social Media in Oncology Research Group. Much of her recent research has focused on going flat and how satisfied women are with this decision, which is the topic we're going to discuss today, going flat after mastectomy. Dr. Atai, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I know a lot of women opt for some kind of reconstruction after mastectomy, but there are many other women who don't. So based on your research and your experience, could you tell us some of the reasons why a woman might choose to have no reconstruction after mastectomy? Sure. Well, sometimes it's just not an option. There are some cases with more advanced breast cancers and inflammatory breast cancer where immediate reconstruction may not be recommended. It's also possible that perhaps the woman had radiation therapy in the past, uh, is not a candidate for a tissue flap, and implant reconstruction maybe is not recommended. So there are some cancer-related factors and some individual factors that may lead us to not recommend reconstruction for a woman. Most women, however, are candidates, are potential candidates for immediate reconstruction. But what we found was that the women, among the women who went flat, reasons were primarily not wanting a foreign body, because we know that implant reconstruction is the most commonly performed type of reconstruction, and wanting to minimize the potential for complications and minimize the number of surgical procedures. Uh, One of my plastic surgeons that I work with is fond of saying reconstruction is a process, not a procedure. And we really try and stress to the patients that more than one operation may be necessary. And in our survey, at least, some women just weren't interested in that. We also, I I think one of the reasons as far as avoiding the foreign body, although we didn't get into this we didn't dig really deeply into this, is that there's an increased awareness now of the potential complications related to especially particular types of silicone implants. So breast implant-associated illness and, of course, implant-associated anaplastic lymphoma. I think as we gain more knowledge about these conditions and as there's more literature published but also more literature published in the lay press we may find more and more patients are not comfortable with undergoing these reconstructive procedures and finally we had a fair number of patients who stated that their breasts were just not important for their body image and breast mound reconstruction therefore was not a priority for them the priority was to get the cancer taken care of and and move on okay now are there any statistics in the US as far as how many women choose to go flat because 
since we've been sort of reporting on it at breastcancer.org, I've, I've just heard more and more about it. So I wondered if if the numbers are actually going up. Exact numbers are really, really hard to come by. Uh, we do know that nationally, more women do not undergo reconstruction than have immediate reconstruction. And some of those reasons actually have to do with healthcare disparities, whether it's not a qualified plastic, recon plastic and reconstructive surgeon in a woman's area, or maybe not having uh, adequate insurance coverage while there are federal, there's federal legislation to provide coverage for reconstruction, um, that doesn't mandate that that be performed with no deductible and no copay. So the cost may be prohibitive for some patients. The there's there's uh, indirect costs as well as far as needing additional time off work potentially, childcare things like that. So we know that that no reconstruction is more common, and there are a variety of reasons for that. Unfortunately, there is no national database that captures every single mastectomy case being done in the country, regardless of inpatient or outpatient setting, insurance type, and whether it's done for cancer or say prophylaxis or other reasons. And so it's hard to, to come by exact numbers, but I suspect over time as we query different databases, such as the National Cancer Database or the SEER database, we'll start to see that at least in those patient populations that the databases cover, that we can start to, to determine whether or not this is really a trend. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Now you did a recent study on patient satisfaction after going flat and the results found that it was about nearly 75% of the women who opted for no reconstruction were satisfied with the results, but about one quarter of those women said that that decision wasn't supported by their surgeons, which is very disheartening, in my opinion. So did you kind of have an inkling that things like this were going on? Why did you decide to, to do the study? So I was interested in doing the study because there are several studies in the surgical, published in the surgical literature, the peer-reviewed surgical literature, that show that women who do not have immediate reconstruction are less satisfied and have poorer long-term quality of life compared with those who have immediate reconstruction. But I'm very active in the breast cancer social media communities and several online communities, and there are a growing number of going flat advocates, advocacy organizations, support organizations, and just individual women who are openly discussing their experiences. And overwhelmingly, what I was seeing was really very positive. The women who had gone flat were happy with their decision. They were there offering their experience to others who might be considering the decision. So there was this disconnect between what I was reading in my surgical literature and what I was hearing from the patients online. And of course, I've had several of my own patients over the years who have opted to go flat and at least from my standpoint, it seemed like they were very comfortable with their decision. Many of these studies, although not all of them, use a particular validated survey tool that the patient advocates we 
partnered with on this study felt that the questions were somewhat biased towards those having reconstruction. And so I really started thinking maybe it's not the procedure that leaves them dissatisfied or uncomfortable. Maybe it's how they were asked about their experience. And that's really, those really were the main reasons that I wanted to do this study, but also in the way that we did it, which was including patients in the study design process to make sure that we were asking the right questions and asking them in a way that made sense to women. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I do want to dig into a little bit the the tool you mentioned that was used in the previous studies. I believe it's called BreastQ, yes. and it's a it's a survey. So it basically asks women a number of questions about satisfaction, life, quality of life, all those kinds of things. So could you give us some examples of maybe a question where you said the advocates felt it was biased toward reconstruction? Yes. So first of all, I do want to say that BreastQ has been used for over 10 years. It's widely used. It is a well-validated tool. It was initially, the initial modules that were validated were for augmentation, so implants for cosmetic purposes, breast reduction, and mastectomy with reconstruction. And then about a year or two later, a fourth module was added for mastectomy without reconstruction. And there are now modules for breast conservation as well as lymphedema. So it's a widely used tool. It's it's been used for a number of years, but in the mastectomy without reconstruction module, some of the questions read very similar to how they read in the mastectomy with reconstruction. And an example would be with your breast area in mind, how comfortable are you with your appearance in a bra? With your breast area in mind, do you feel like other women? And so for a woman especially who was very intentional with her decision to go flat, and is very happy with that decision, well, maybe one of the perceived benefits of not having breast mound reconstruction was that she'd never have to wear a bra again. Exactly. And so how do you answer that question with breast area in mind when you no longer have a breast area? And I think the question, how do you, do you feel that your appearance is consistent with other women. Well, if you were never defined by your breast and that that just is not how you define your femininity and it's not important for your body image, then maybe you would answer, no, I don't feel like other women, dot, 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 but I am perfectly happy with how I look and, and with with how I appear. So that's part of the challenge with, with using sometimes, I think, some of these surveys that have been validated and maybe there just needs to be an update because maybe it's not appropriate for at least all of the women in this population at this point in time. It does not take into account, as I mentioned, body image, but you know, what about the woman who is transgender or identifies as gender non-binary? Again, these questions may be completely irrelevant. And so she may score lower on the on the on the satisfaction score 
because there are just limited ways to answer the question, but she may be perfectly happy with her with her outcome and with her appearance. Okay, so it sounds like if I'm understanding right, if somebody either didn't answer a question or answered no, that would give the person a lower score, which when tallied, that translates into lower satisfaction, even though the person that may not be true because of the way the questions are worded. Correct. The the questions require an answer on a scale. So okay. uh, what we sometimes call a Likert scale. So, you know, say on a scale of one to five type type of a question. Um, and so if you don't know how to answer the question, if you're unsure, you may put a lower number. Or if it just doesn't apply to you, you may score lower when, in fact, you're actually perfectly satisfied with your results. Okay. And I wanted to ask you, too, I think when I read the paper, you talked about how your your team, when you were doing this study, you actually created a new survey tool. And that is specifically for women who go flat. Is that right? Well, yeah, we this was the question that we were asking. We wanted to get it at really two things. One was their satisfaction, but we also wanted to get at their experience. And we touched on this a little bit before about the 20% or so that found that their surgeon wasn't supportive. One, a, a term that I heard in, in, collaborating with the patients was this concept of flat denial, which was not something that I had heard before. And the patients define it as the surgeon wasn't supportive of my decision. The surgeon didn't initially offer me the decision to go flat or the we agreed to go flat. But afterwards, I found that excess skin was left, and I was later told that that was, quote, in case you change your mind. So we wanted to really capture that concept in our study as well. And I, I honestly don't think we would have been able to do this without the assistance of patient advocates. So we did develop a, a brand new survey with the assistance of the, of the patient advocates. One of the downsides, and I think one of the criticisms of the paper and an appropriate criticism is the survey has not been widely validated, but that is hopefully one of our next steps is to take this and perhaps tweak it or adjust it and then use it in a larger population of patients to see if we really are accurately assessing the patient experience. Okay. And once you do that, I'm curious, is it possible that some of your survey could be incorporated into like the mastectomy with no reconstruction part of breast Q? Is it possible that that ever gets edited or does it just stay as a separate kind of survey tool. I don't I don't know how these things work. Yeah, I'm honestly learning as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a completely new area for me um, and I think we'll just have to wait and see when we when we get there. It may be that it's just a standalone tool. One of the advantages to BreastQ is you have multiple modules and so if you want to for example survey your patients that had mastectomy with reconstruction those that had mastectomy without and those who had breast conservation, you can use the same basic tool for all of them, just a different module. So that is one advantage. Our survey was very, very different. And so I'm not sure if, it's that, if that will fit in or not. Okay. So now, from what I've heard, the term going flat is often used to describe no reconstruction. But then I've also heard a newer term 
aesthetic flat closure, which is really talking about the specific way the surgery is done. And some people I've talked to have said, well, you know, this aesthetic flat closure should actually be considered a type of reconstruction because there is, you know, a breast mound is not recreated, but it's surgery to make the chest area look good. Um, you know, it's not just mastectomy and then boom, nothing. Um, so could you talk a little bit about like the differences between the terms and, and you know, what doctors say and what patients say? And is there sort of any sort of disconnect there? Sure. Well, the term aesthetic flat closure, as you noted, this is relatively recent. It was recently added to the National Cancer Institute Dictionary of Cancer Terms. I think going flat just refers to removal of the breast and no reconstruction. Um, and what it should refer to is removal of the breast, no reconstruction, and the surgeon doing everything they can to make it look nice and neat. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, over the years, uh, and certainly with some of the patient experiences, I think one of the reasons that some of the advocates pushed for this new term and new definition is because of the experiences of of women where either skin was intentionally left or you know women may have needed an additional procedure for revision i think the idea of going flat and taking that additional step as far as performing some types of reconstructive procedures it can be something sometimes relatively minor um, sometimes it's just all about incision placement and how the scar is made and no real special surgical techniques are needed. Um, in some women, especially those that are a little heavier or have much larger breasts, then sometimes it can be a challenge really to make the incision look as neat as possible. And sometimes some minor reconstructive procedures or techniques are, are needed to be incorporated. But I think what aesthetic flat closure also gets at is that, you know, in some women, the chest wall is actually fairly concave. It actually sinks in quite a bit. And a woman may not even be aware of that because her breasts are covering up her rib cage. And so with the breast there, all you see is the, is the breast. Once the breast is removed, it, it may be a curved chest wall or it may be a concave chest wall. And that is not always visually appealing to a patient. So then you get into some more advanced plastic and reconstructive surgical techniques, uh, such as using sometimes the excess skin that can be essentially infolded to create kind of some padding in the area or doing liposuction and injecting that fat into the area to fill it in what's called lipofilling. So aesthetic flat closure can really mean a variety of things. I think when women are trying to communicate with their physicians, with their surgeons, especially since aesthetic flat closure is not a widely used term yet, I think the first message is I want the breast removed and I want my chest wall looking as lean and neat as possible. 
sometimes the addressing the curvature of the rib cage or things like that, that may require a second procedure. These aren't always things that can be done at the same time, aren't always things that we know need to be done at the same time. And then thirdly, I think for women who potentially are a little heavier set or have larger breasts, realize just like with breast mound reconstruction, achieving a flat chest wall closure may be more of a process, not a procedure. But I think then that's important for the surgeon to explain that to the patient and make sure that everybody really is is on the same page with what with the patient what she wants and with the surgeon what appropriate expectations are and and breast surgeons should be comfortable to reach out to their plastic and, and reconstructive colleagues to assist on these cases especially when a little bit more than the standard closure is needed well, that you kind of anticipated um, my next couple of questions. So the first one I'm wondering is, it sounds like if, say, a woman does have a concave chest wall or does have, say, large breasts, is is going flat or aesthetic flat closure, is that something that a breast surgeon can do alone? Or is it likely that a plastic surgeon would have to be there as well? So in a sense, it almost is a reconstruction. It really depends because okay. breast surgery is done by a whole spectrum of surgeons across the country, including those who maybe do two or three mastectomy surgeons, a, uh, mastectomy cases a year, uh, to those where that is their entire practice. Okay. So it really depends very much. And even the surgeon that only does a few cases a year may have the additional training and the skill set to provide an aesthetic flat closure. So this is where patients need to ask. And honestly, this is where surgeons need to be honest, uh, especially when a patient is coming in and saying, this is what I want. Can you do this? And being honest with the patient as far as, yes, however, I would like to include one of my plastic surgery colleagues in, in the, in the, procedure or yes, but because of this, that, and the other factors, we may be looking at more than one procedure. And so these are all things that I think both parties really need to be completely upfront and, and address before the first operation. Okay. That's very helpful. I also want to ask you, I too have talked to women where they thought they had agreed with their surgeon that they were going to have a flat chest, but the surgeon then left some extra skin. As you said, just in case you change your mind later, they were very disappointed because, sure. you know, nobody wants that flap of skin, the dog ear under the armpit and all that. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not a good thing. Um, are there some terms that women should use when they're talking to their surgeons to make sure they're really clear? Are there steps they can take like to make sure that, you know, the woman has done everything she can to get the outcome that she wants? Sure. I think one is bringing in pictures and there are a growing number of women online who are posting their pictures. Now, again, just like if I were going in for implant surgery and I came in with a picture of this is what I want to look like. The plastic surgeon may say, well, you don't have that body type. And so I can't get you that look. The breast surgeon should say to the patient, 
we will do what we can to get as close to that as possible. However, for because you don't have that same body type as the woman in the picture, we may have issues with additional skin on the side. You know, you get to a point when we do a mastectomy, we're removing the breast tissue. And that additional tissue on the side is not breast tissue. It's, it's oftentimes excess skin and fat. And it's not always appreciated because with a breast, especially a large breast, it's kind of pulled forward. But once the breast is gone, then it's, you know, gravity does its thing. So I think the patient, women should, I think really do their research and do their homework and be aware of the term dog ear. It's, it's, not the best term, but it's one that's commonly used by surgeons. And so a woman should feel comfortable asking, what are you going to do to minimize the dog ears or the additional tissue on the side? It's easy for me to say, well, women just need to be very upfront with their surgeon. But unfortunately, one of the things we did find in our study, we, we asked an open-ended question. And a lot of women did say, you know what, I was as crystal clear as I could possibly be. I brought in pictures. I thought we were all on the same page. So unfortunately, there are still situations where that flat denial is going to happen. I'm hopeful that with more women being aware of this research and a growing number of advocacy organizations, you know, empower women to ask these questions. I'm hoping that on the part of the patients, they'll be more empowered, but I'm also hoping that on the part of the physicians, they'll be more aware that, you know, this is not okay. When a woman says she wants to go flat, she means she wants to go flat. And we can always do some type of reconstruction later. Yes, the scars will be larger. It may be more of a process. But if a woman's sure of her decision, we need to respect that. Okay. So finally, if the outcome isn't what a woman wants, does she have any recourse? I know that, uh, you know, some women have told me, well, I wanted to go flat because I didn't, I only wanted the one surgery. I didn't want to have, as you, you call it, a, 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 a process rather than a procedure. Yeah. But it sounds like if she's not happy, it is going to involve more surgery. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. I mean, the only way to correct excess skin is to surgically remove it. And so I think just as much as the woman can really be upfront and, and very definitive in what she wants, I think that will help. And, and like I said, I'm hoping that with more physician education, you know, one of the challenges I think from the surgeon side is that when all of our literature, well, when a lot of our literature is said women who don't have reconstruction or less happy and less satisfied, we may be more uncomfortable going along with that decision. Now, it's never appropriate if a woman says, this is what I want to intentionally do something else. And that is just not appropriate at all. But I think this is where some of the flat denial might come from in terms of surgeons not recommending going flat or not encouraging that option for their patients is because the literature hasn't supported it. So we at least now have a, a little bit of an addition to the literature on the side that 
women are perfectly satisfied and happy with their results. And I'm hoping it's going to help communication that patients and surgeons can can move a little bit more to being on the same page and and really helping women, as I mentioned before, be a little bit more empowered with their in their discussions with their surgeons and and lead to more satisfied patients. Because at the end of the day, um, I think that's what all of us as physicians want is we want our patients to be happy and we want to respect their wishes as much as possible. And the more of this information that gets out and the more both surgeons and women are educated, I think the better. Okay. Dr. Atai, thank you so much. This has been really informative. I appreciate your help. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the breastcancer.org podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. To share your thoughts about this or any episode, email us at podcast at breastcancer.org or leave feedback on the podcast episode landing page on our website. And remember, you can find a lot more information about breast cancer at breastcancer.org. And you can connect with thousands of people affected by breast cancer by joining our online community.